This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you so much again for joining us in our journey of creating a just society right where we are and seeing a world that's not just a dream in our heads, but also is a world that is reality, where we're seeing goodness lived out in front of us. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the long haul of social justice work. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of fun to work for social justice in short-term projects, missions, trips, uh, even at the beginning of, of, of a, a plan that maybe you and your neighbors or friends or or church have come up with. But what about people like Mother Teresa and people uh, like St. Francis of Assisi and others who worked and served over a lifetime? How do you do that? Because during that period of time, there comes a point it's not fun anymore and it loses its luster it loses its sort of that happy feeling. And there are many days when you no longer get a good feeling from it. I hear a lot of times uh, people talking about, you know, when I serve the homeless or when I give food to a hungry person, you know, I receive a good feeling in return. Yeah, that's nice for that one time. But what about five years from now? What about doing it day in and day out for 10 years? 20 years, thinking of Mother Teresa, who is now St. Teresa of Calcutta, you know, she had what was the dark night of the soul for decades. And I have to wander in my own work with the poor and needy and with those suffering uh, rejection, abandonment, and woundedness. I have to wonder, was this dark night of soul not just dryness in her spiritual walk with God, but was it also, uh, uh, was it just that grind, that daily grind of seeing one more suffering person, one more wounded person, one more rejected person, you know, day in, day out. And after a while, you, you, when you're doing the work like Mother Teresa did, you begin to to experience vicarious trauma uh, and various issues because you're taking on that suffering and walking with people through that suffering. And after a while, it becomes very heavy. So in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how do you keep the joy and the steadiness and basically the, the solid consistency throughout the long term when it's no longer fun and when you run into situations that aren't so great. What about those times when the people you're serving reject you? 
turn away from you, say bad things about you, yell at you, but yet you love them back. How do you deal with that? How do you keep joy? How do you remain consistent over the long term? So again, we're going to talk about two things today, keeping the joy and the steadiness. So let's talk about the joy first. Joy in this context is not the same thing as happiness. Happiness is something that is pretty uh, connected to circumstances. Uh, If my spouse or my partner and I are getting along, then I'm happy. Uh, if the service at the restaurant was good, then I'm, I'm happy. If I don't have any current struggles in my life, then I'm happy. But joy is something quite different. Joy presents itself with a certain happiness, but it's not always outward happiness. Joy is a deep knowing and a deep peace that comes from from not being so connected to the outward things such as people, money, circumstances, whatever. But joy comes from that inner uh, uh, space where we are at unity within ourselves. We are at unity with God. We are at unity with others and we're, are, are, we're no longer living in that duality of there's my interior life and exterior life, but everything becomes the interior life. You go to the center of the soul. So God, let's take God, uh, obviously, as the, the perfect example. God is eternally joyful. And that doesn't mean that God is some laughing, you know, big person in the sky, so to speak. Rather, God is eternally joyful in that God is at complete unity within himself. And is God is not dependent on his mood, so to speak. And I hate to use that word because God is spirit. God doesn't experience a lot of, you know, the, the kind of experiences we have as humans. But thank God he became incarnate as flesh and blood and did walk through our experience. But God, God's existence does not depend on everything running right. God created the universe. But if there are a series of, of droughts and hurricanes and so on, on earth, God doesn't become emotionally upset over that. Or if two stars collide into each other, God doesn't become emotionally upset over that collision. Like, oh man, they weren't supposed to do that. Now I'm being a little facetious with you because uh, obviously everything is under God's control. But what I'm trying to present to you is that God is eternally joyful because God is, for lack of a better way to put it, at one within himself. And as St. John of the Cross and various other saints and as the Zen masters and others have taught us that if we want joy and peace, we have to go deep into the interior 
and discover unity, which was, by the way, was lost in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve went from from uh, Adam saying, this is now flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone concerning Eve. Then after the fall, he says that woman that you gave me began to experiencing duality and seeing her as other than himself. Uh, you've got, you know, the, the tree of knowledge of what good and evil, this duality at play, s- separating us from ourselves. You got all of this and then we lose the joy when we live like that. And so joy is that inner resolve, that inner experience that my, my existence, my mood and all that is not determined by my spouse, my children, my partner, my friends, or my lack of friends, uh, my circumstances, my, my income, my job, my boss's attitude towards me, all of those things. Suddenly, the great spiritual masters were able to, to experience that joy. Now, that doesn't mean they were always on top of the world. It doesn't mean that they were never tired. It doesn't mean all those things. It just meant that they were always in that place of peace. And they had to work at it, by the way. It's not automatic and it's not easy, but you can do it. Now, uh, this is very important to understand because if you are attached to outward things in order to have joy, then the long-term work of social justice is going to take you out. Because there will come a time very quickly when things will fall apart. Trust me, I know in my work with serving the homeless over the years, when you try to effectively serve the poor, the government will come against you. If you start a nonprofit to serve a certain population of people, other nonprofits will oppose you because they're territorial and they will accuse you things, gossip and try to tear you down and try to cut your knees out from under you. Uh, you, you know, again, the people you're serving could be wounded and broken. And so they're lashing out at you day after day. And if you are attached to the outward things in order to be happy, you're going to go down in flames in the work of social justice. So how do you keep joy over the years, over the decades, how do you maintain joy? And that's what I want to get to is, uh, is the how to. I think the first thing that's so very important in order to maintain that is to find a spiritual director or a guru, someone who's going to keep you connected to God and to yourself. I thought it was interesting because Jesus is the ultimate spiritual guide, right? (laughs) As the Savior. Jesus one day was asked by the people, when will the kingdom of God come? Now, in their minds, they, you know, the kingdom of God is this place of just amazing bliss and happiness. When the kingdom of God comes, everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to run smoothly. And we're not going to have any problems in our life. 
And they asked him, when will the kingdom of God come and what will it look like? And what was Jesus' answer to them? The kingdom is within you. He was telling them the kingdom of God is already there within you and you already have access to it. So Jesus was showing us, you want joy, you want peace, you want that unity that you're asking for in the kingdom of God. It's right there in the center of your soul. You got to look inward. All of the spiritual guides from all the faiths, the mystics have all said that you got to go deep inside. Of course, my favorite of the mystics was the Desert Fathers of, the, uh, of North Africa and also St. John of the Cross. And they all said that, got to go inside. Uh, it's interesting to me that the Desert Fathers, by the way, who would, when a new monk would come out to the deserts there in North Africa, the, the monk, the, the, the Desert Fathers would have them build a cell and they had to spend a year inside that cell. No Bible. They had to surrender their Bible and all their books and whatever else they had. And they had to spend a year in silence until they came to know God on the interior. You see. So the first thing you need to do to maintain joy in the work of social justice over the long haul is to have a good spiritual guide. Somebody who's proven themselves to be full of wisdom and experience and love because you're going, they're going to need to keep calling you back, calling you back. I have a spiritual guide who's a monk at a monastery here in Oregon, and he's, you know, every time I meet with him, I meet with him once a month. He's always calling me back, always reminding me, not getting on my case. He's very joyful, actually. And I'm always inspired after I leave. But yeah, just reminders. Don't forget, do this. Just make sure you keep on this path. You see, and so a good spiritual guide will help you come back to joy. Come back time and time again. Come back to God. God is inside you. Come back time and time again. A second step to maintaining joy is regular habits of meditation, prayer, and spiritual readings. I really don't see any one of those three as being more important than the other. Meditation, or as St. John of the Cross calls, discursive uh, uh, contemplation, is it, I believe? Discursive meditation and contemplation. Discursive meditation being where you're meditating on maybe a scripture or something. Contemplation, in his, his mind, is what the Hindus call meditation, is that silencing of the soul. You know, in the prophet Isaiah in the Bible, he talks about, be still and know that I am God. That word know meaning experience, not knowledge from a book, but knowledge from experience. God tells the people of Israel, be still and experience that I am God. And so regular habits of meditation every day, that just silencing of the soul until like Thomas Merton says, until you can meditate in the loudness and messiness of life. In fact, Thomas Merton said more spiritual is the person who can meditate in the city than the person who can meditate in the monastery. <laughs> and it's so true. Those daily habits of stopping and silencing the soul before God. Again, prayer, 
uh, and I encourage you with habits of prayer, so spontaneous prayers, uh, like our Protestant brothers and sisters are so good at, the, the, the regular prayers of the rosary and things that our Catholic brothers and sisters are so good at, just all those prayers, just communicating, connecting, as Yogananda, the Hindu uh, spiritual master said, just that lifting up your heart and your mind to God. You see, and then uh, spiritual readings, whether it's the scriptures or whether it's uh, a book written by a saint or something, a spiritual reading to always keep calling you back. And I've noticed, you know, I was having a real struggle the other night within myself and I just, man, I was at that point I could feel depression coming on. I just like, man, I just want to stop what I'm doing. You know, I was just having some interior issues and I picked up this magazine that's written by a, uh, an Orthodox monk. And as I read through this magazine, I just was like, yeah, you know, Michael, you need to die to the world. And, and that's what the name of the magazine is called, Death to the World. And I thought, man, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm getting too attached to outward things. And so I'm getting upset. And then I put the magazine down, went into meditation and peace returned, joy. So always those calling back to joy. Another way to maintain joy throughout the years uh, is, uh, is um, uh, you know, like we said, having a good spiritual guide, uh, uh, scripture, or, you know, spiritual readings, meditation, prayer. Another thing is having a good team around you. Now, I put the, the team further down the list because people are not reliable, okay? I'm talking about myself, too. I am quite sure that I would be shocked if I knew all of the times I have let people down, okay? As humans, we're just not reliable. It says in the Gospels that Jesus never entrusted himself to people because he knew the nature of the human heart. <laughs> so Jesus was never disappointed with anybody because he already knew how people were. The disciples left him so high and dry uh, at the cross. I mean, John was there, but John wasn't there the whole time when Jesus was arrested. All of them, including John, took off. He was there alone. But so, but having a good team of trusted people. Now, even though we're not always 100% faithful as humans, we can be trusted if we allow ourselves and prove ourselves to be trustworthy. So surround yourself with a team of people who are trustworthy. Now, St. Paul, we read in the New Testament about his team of Titus and Timothy uh, for a while, Barnabas and others, but the two people that we knew really uh, uh, blessed St. Paul in his work. Well, the three was, was St. Luke, the one who wrote the gospel of Luke, who was Paul's personal physician. Then you've got Timothy uh, who would help Paul with establishing and strengthening the church as he started. And then you had Titus who also did that as well. And I was reading in second Corinthians the other day where, where St. Paul was, was telling the Corinthian church, like, I, I, I can't remember, I think it was Macedonia that St. Paul went to, and he said, hey, I went there, I had nobody with me, I was discouraged, and then I heard from them that Titus had been there and that he was returning back, and he says, my spirit was refreshed at this news. In other words, 
St. Paul knew that Titus and Timothy were always going to be by his side, and that gave him joy. So he had joy in knowing that he had people that shared his vision and his journey with him and that he could turn to when he needed them. I'm sure with Luke, there were many times where Luke would probably visit Paul in prison and and Paul would just kind of lament some things to Luke. And I'm sure Luke would encourage him and and remind him of certain truths uh, and, and, and just strengthen him. And so having uh, the one way to maintain joy is having a good team around you and a team of people that aren't just coworkers, but they're friends and people that will call you out when you start to lose the joy. Now, I've had people say, Michael, I've had enough of your complaining. It's like bonk two by four upside the head. Yeah. So a good team of people. Now, we'll give you the email address at the end of the podcast today. I want to hear your ideas. What helps maintain joy over the years? Now, I could give you a more exhaustive list, but because of sake of time, I want to move into this other area. How do you maintain steadiness over the years? Now, that's a little bit different from joy. Steadiness comes from joy. If you don't have joy, you're not going to be steady. But steadiness just means you're that that rock. You're going to be consistent in your work. You're not going to be kind of doing the work for a while and then stepping out and then kind of doing the work again, kind of stepping out, but you're just there every day for the long term. And I don't mean every day, literally, because you do need to take breaks from time to time. And there's nothing wrong with even taking a sabbatical. That's taking a sabbatical of a few months off from the work of social justice or taking a vacation. That's not being unfaithful or inconsistent. That's being wise, actually, because you're you, you got to refresh and renew from time to time. But steadiness means you can be counted on and you're going to be there until the day of your death. Mother Teresa, she never quit serving the lepers, even though the missionaries of charity got huge and worldwide and she's winning Nobel Peace Prizes and having to travel and speak all the time. To the day of her death, she was there in the slums of Calcutta serving, serving, serving. And, and, you know, we see her serving uh, in various places where she would speak. She wouldn't just speak, but she would go into the neighborhoods of those places and and serve. Uh, You've got people like... uh, uh, various saints who just, you, you see their lives and they just so steadily were there. They weren't like hyper excited to be doing the work they're doing and they weren't depressed. Steady. Uh, one shining example in recent history I think of is St. Maximilian Colby. I've talked about him quite a bit recently. Haven't gone into depth about him, but here's a priest uh, who dies in Auschwitz. Uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe is known as the saint of Auschwitz. He's a priest. He gets arrested. He's sentenced to hard labor and is tortured and eventually murdered in Auschwitz. But what does he do that whole time? He just keeps being a priest. So he's like, okay, I can't be a priest at my parish. I'll be a priest here in Auschwitz concentration camp. In other words, he was steady. He didn't get depressed and he didn't get hyper excited. He was just that consistent rock 
day in and day out. And by the way, to be a steady, consistent rock in the work of social justice is boring. Okay. You're not making the headlines. You know, all the things that make the news headlines, they're just flashes in the pan. Black Lives Matter, flash in the pan. The protest of this thing, flash in the pan. The Proud Boys, Antifa, all that, flash in the pan. And they get their 15 minutes of fame and then they're gone. But the steady work of social justice is rather boring. It doesn't make the headlines, but it is there. And what you're doing is you're, you're, you're doing something that is going to last for generations from now. So how do you maintain that steadiness? We talked about how to maintain joy. Well, first of all, you've got to take those steps of joy. Uh, and by the way, uh, well, I won't mention that right now, but we'll take those steps of joy. And now we move into how do you remain consistently steady by going deeper in your commitment to God. There's no way the saints could have done it. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. could not have stayed in the work he did if he didn't go deep, if he didn't commit. And that's really the main word there is commitment. Like I'm committed, I can see and you don't lose vision. Now, I'm starting to get a little scattered here. I'm trying to separate these out so I don't confuse you. So, so you got to have vision, but we got to back up one step. How do you have that vision of what can be, uh, like I said, like Dr. Martin Luther King, because none of what he accomplished happened overnight. It was over years so how did he keep that vision? How did he maintain that steady pace? Well, we go back to prayer. We go back to commitment and we go back to surrender. Okay, so I'm kind of working backwards. Now we're going to work forward. We pray and through prayer, we begin that listening to God. As we hear God, we have to surrender. The people like Mother Teresa, St. Maximilian Kolbe, St. Francis of Assisi, and others, the way they were able to remain on the same course over a lifetime is because they were surrendered. Now, here's a, a small but very large piece of that pie, so to speak, is you surrender, and then as you surrender, God gives you grace to make to make uh, more progress in your work of justice. And then as you surrender more, God gives you grace for the next bit of progress. And it just keeps going forward. And before you know it, you've spent an entire lifetime on the path. So it's not like I'm determined to do this for a lifetime, but I'm determined to surrender right here, right now. And God gives you grace, and then you go, you hit the end of that segment of your task that God's given you. You surrender deeper this time, and you just keep going deeper. And be, like I said, before you know it, you've got an entire lifetime that you've spent in the work of justice. But more than that, 
then you realize, oh, you've become a saint. <laughs> now, I don't think you ever actually realize that in this life because the saints exercise humility and say, oh, wow, look at me. I'm St. Maximilian Colby. It wasn't quite like that. But you recognize that God has drawn me closer into all this. So we've got prayer, we've got surrender, we've got God's grace. And then I think the last point I just want to make is that good old fashioned commitment, that hard commitment. That is something that is lacking in our world today. In our world today, everything is just so, uh, so geared towards if it's not fun, why do it type of an attitude. But if you're really actually going to make a difference in your world and leave behind a legacy, you've got to make those hard commitments that I'm in this and I'm staying in this come hell or high water. And when you do that, again, that's kind of a part of surrender. God gives you grace to stay in it, you see. And I encourage you to do that. Why am I talking about these things today? Well, one is I want you to keep going. And if you're discouraged today, I want to give you some tools here that we've given you today to help you get out of that discouragement and back to joy. But I don't want you quitting either because it's not just about you, but the people you're serving. If you quit, then look at all the lives that are going to be negatively affected. The people that were depending on you the future generations, which leads me to our closing is this. God has arranged it in creation so that all generations of people are tied together. In Hebrews in the new Testament of the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11, the chapter of faith, it's often called, you've got all of these people listed in history who stayed faithful to the task their whole life. But there's this one phrase, this one sentence in Hebrews 11 that has always just struck a chord with me. It says, but people like Abraham and Moses and them, it says they did, none of them received the things promised to them. You hear that? None of them received the things promised to them. They only welcomed them from a distance because God has arranged it so that only together with us would they be made perfect. That is powerful stuff there. And so you're not working, even though you are working to create a just society right where you are, you're not working to create a perfectly just world in your lifetime. You're working to create justice three and four generations from now. Because the work you've started continues on, you see. When Mother Teresa died, her work was not finished. Not even close to being finished. But what's happening is now she's dead, others are picking up the mantle. And they're carrying it to the next generation. And then they will carry it to the next generation and so on. You see. The church wasn't completed in the apostles' lifetime no, now 2,000 years, we're still working on building this thing called church. You see, so it all works together. So I encourage you to take these tools seriously, work on those steps, 
every day to maintain joy and to deepen your joy and to build a lifetime of steadiness and consistency in the work of social justice as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through matradayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.